Thank you so much for calling in. My name is Mike Z. I'll be talking to you today. Cool. Awesome. Appreciate the time and uh, the killer new music and want to talk all about the new album and get your opinion on a couple things. But uh, I feel like I feel like we got to get to know you a little bit first, you know, find out what your, your sign is and your favorite baseball team and your favorite craft beer and get to know you a little bit since this is kind of your introduction to the world. Okay, cool. For sure. So where did you grow up? What was your first concert? Man, so I grew up in Rochester, New York, uh, which is nowhere near New York City. It's actually like six hours away from New York City. It's in between Buffalo and Syracuse for, you know, those who don't know. Upstate. But uh, yeah, upstate Western New York, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up there. I still pretty much uh, live there, except for when, you know, I'm on the road with the band. What was the second question? I forgot that one. <laughs> I was just joking around and saying, like, yeah, oh, what's your this- sign and stuff. But, uh, you know, like, what... what uh- no, I remember what you said. That's the first concert I went to. Yeah. So, you know, I actually wasn't a concert goer until my late teens. Um, I didn't go to a concert until I went and saw Breaking Benjamin in 2010. That oh, was wow. actually my success. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty strange to, to be outside of the... the rock world for so long but yeah that was the first show i i went to it was uh, breaking benjamin and you being upstate new york are you mets yankees when who's who's your teams or are you not into sports at all uh not into baseball i am big into basketball uh, i don't have a specific team though um, okay. a lot of my sports viewing I, I i like i just like watching players who just really excel at the sport so and and i watch a little bit of football as well but mainly basketball so like i love players like kyrie irving lebron james death curry kevin kevin durant and Kyle Corver and all these other star players that just really dominate the sport and just do incredibly well. I just I just enjoy watching players like that. On a specific team, I just really have a love for the sport. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. I mean, it's great to uh, study the greats in, in other fields, and like I'm sure it inspires you in a lot of different ways too. Yeah, and because I'm a I'm a basketball player myself, so like I just love watching guys who can just really are just really so masterful at the sport. Awesome, man. And and let's talk a little bit about. Uh, how, how'd you get the gig, bro? Like everyone wants to know. Was found by Matt through YouTube. So thanks, YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I had posted an audition for something else that I wasn't even really looking to win. It was more the, the competition involved basically a, a song that had no vocals on it, and the objective was to write your own lyrics, write your own melodies, and perform it. And I was like, oh, wow, I really like this song, so I just kind of want to do it for the enjoyment of writing. So I did it. I put it out there and uh, not really expecting anything of it. And I didn't win that competition, <laughs> but uh, but Matt hit me up on Facebook and said that he had seen that audition and that he wanted to know if I would like to try some, some of their songs and audition uh, for the spot since they had just lost Chris. And this was about in like... Uh, late February, early March. So it was before the public auditions, but they did let me know that they still planned on doing those public auditions. So I did a few of the of the auditions, and they're like, "All right, these are really great. Like, I I love you know the way you sound, but we also have to do these public auditions and see what else is out there as well. So we're just gonna kind of have to keep you waiting for now." And they just didn't find anyone that they felt suited the band better than me. How long did it take from like the first audition to like getting the gig? Um, I'm pretty sure. I think the first audition I did was in probably in March, and then uh, 
or, or it might have been end of February. And then I knew that I was going to be with the band uh, beginning or mid-April. Okay, so a couple months. Yeah. It wasn't drawn out for like a year or anything bad like that. <laughs> no, no, but it did feel like forever. Cause every day it was like, hey, man, you know, we, we still feel like you're the guy, but we, we've got to, you know, look in these places and we're waiting on, on a couple of people. And, you know, so every day it was like, not quite, not quite, 90%, 95%. And I was like, oh, my God, just please say I had it. It's killing me. The agony. Well, it's great, man. I always love getting to talk to this singer and get a get a little, like, a behind the music, a little song introduction. Wanted to hit you with some titles and kind of get, get where you're coming from lyrically on them, kind of like a little custom intro. And I guess we'll start with the first one we got, Crazy. Yeah, uh, Crazy is just about... Uh, having a toxic relationship of any kind it can be with a person or it can be with a substance and it's just having that feeling of not being able to get away from it because you just get sucked back in you get pulled back in it's like you feel like you're losing your mind because have this thing in your life or this person in your life and you can't get away from it and you just feel like you're crazy when you know that in the end, you know, it's not you. It's just this, this other thing that's making you, like, lose your mind. So, like, the lyrics just came from, for me, kind of just came from a place of, like, you know, being in one of those situations where, you know, I was with someone who was just awful, but, like, I was already kind of into it a, a decent amount, and I just wasn't sure how I was going to get out of it or how I was going to fix it, and I felt like I was losing my mind. And I was like, yeah, it was just a, it's a tough situation that I feel like so many people go through and, and a lot of people can relate to. That saying, what is it, the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results kind of. Right, right, absolutely. The album opener, let's do this one, Wake Up. Love that song, man. I really feel like that's a banger live. We performed that song on, in January when we went out on tour with 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that's just a real fun song to play live. We wanted to make something because the, the album itself did have a not so metal feel to it or a less metal feel to it. So we really wanted to have one song that kind of just like really drove it home and what had a metal like approach and like was really, you know, high energy. That usually takes the wheel on this song, so I'll just kind of relay like how what the song means for him. Okay. Because I can I can kind of relate to it as well. And it's just that it's like we live in this digital age where we view everyone's lives through a screen, and a lot of the times it can be somewhat fabricated. Like, you know, someone will post a photo of themselves and be like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm I'm the realist and all this stuff," and like have a hundred filters on their face and all that stuff. And it's like, you need to wake up and realize that there are more important things to be doing with your life. And there's more important things than just them looks or your status or anything like that. <laughs> and it's like, there's, you've got, you should, you should be focusing on more healthy things than, than just like trying to show everyone like how awesome you are, how real you are, how, you know, great your life is all the time. And like, and that's not to say that you can't say like, oh my gosh, I love my life and I love what I'm doing. It's great to be positive and to share that with the world and, and the people that, that you care about. But like there's, it's all about context, I think. And, and there are definitely certain like individuals sometimes that use, use it as a source to be like, oh gosh, just check out how amazing I am. It's just like, <laughs> man, that's just, that's just so dumb. Humble brag. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Killer, let's do uh, one more on my own. On my own, facing adversity, which a lot of the from Ashes to New songs are about, but but it was just really kind of along the lines of like you know whether or not anyone believes in this or whether or not anyone 
leaves in me or in Matt or in Lance or in Madeira, like we're going to make it on our own. We don't necessarily need someone in the industry to do this for us and, and to like give us opportunities. Like we're going to stick with our fans and our fans are going to push us to the top and we're going to, you know, give them the music, the absolute best music that we can. Love it, man. And and uh, I see some tour dates popping up here, going out on the road with uh, Bad Wolves, but I don't, I don't see anything in SoCal. What's up with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty upset we're not hitting the West Coast. That would be a great time to hit the West Coast, too, because I feel like it would just be really getting warm. It would be really nice out there, and, and I love California. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it just didn't get routed that way. Um, so we just got to take what we can get, and, you know, it's a it's a – it's a good tour. It's gonna selling out fast as hell, which is great. It's a great problem to have. But like one of our dates sold out like in one day, and I'm like, damn, I, maybe we should have had it in a bigger place so we could have had more people come. Yeah. But having a tour sell sells out looks uh, looks great. Well, hopefully, you know, if, if it does do well, then they will want to do maybe West Coast run and you know do a second leg or a third leg or whatever it may be. But bummer. right, yeah, absolutely. Bum, we're gonna have to wait to uh, get to see you a little bit, but uh, let me let me get your opinion on a couple of things, uh, Danny. As we wrap up here, a couple of years ago there was the uh, the big rage about the big four, you know, thrash metal, Metallica, and did they did that tour, Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth? They're considered the big four of thrash right. metal, kind of to signify, kind of okay, they were the champions of of that era, and it got me to thinking about like the next generation, kind of after that, and kind of moving from. The the 80s into the 90s and kind of adding one to it and i, I kind of came up with my own little group calling it the flannel five <laughs> and uh in the flannel five I, I look at it like this nirvana pearl jam Soundgarden, stp and alice in chains yeah i mean that makes sense curious out of those five who would be your numero uno and why oh man I guess I'm just going to go with Nirvana because they were the most exposed to me when I was younger. Cause I was born in 91 and they were gigantic in the nineties. So, so that's what I was exposed to the most. So I would probably have to go with Nirvana. Nirvana. And uh, if you had to pick a, a jam from Nirvana, I mean, smells like teen spirit, man. That's the, uh, that's the jam. Yeah. Hard to argue with that one. I mean, that really did turn the world on its head when that was, oh, yeah. when that one came out. Doing the, the same kind of thing and, and taking it one more and going into the next generation. And I think, if, you know, if that's the, the 90s, we're going to define that with the flannel five. Then we'll kind of follow suit and add one more and take it into the 2000s. And I, I came up with the name for this one, the new metal six pack. OK, yeah. All right. So in this one, we got Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine, Corn, Linkin Park, Slipknot and Disturbed. OK. I would absolutely pick Linkin Park out of that six for sure. I figured I like, figured that's who you would pick. Meteor was one of the first. Well, not one of the first. The first album I ever owned was InSync, which is really strange. But <laughs> but the, the, one of the earliest albums I had was Meteora, and that was where I first really started learning drums. I played drums a lot as well, and, and that was where I kind of started learning was playing to their albums. What made you move from the back to the front, so to speak, from the drums to the to the mic? Yeah, it's a funny. So I had never really planned on being a singer. I I started out being a drummer, and uh, I started about age twelve. And I just wanted to make music, and and I was kind of all by myself in that. And I was like, man, I can't make music with just drums. So 
<laughs> I picked up bass and learned that for a while, and then I picked up guitar, and that, that made learning guitar a lot easier. I eventually met some guys who needed a singer, and I was like, I mean, I'm not exactly a singer, but I can at least hold a note and, and know what doesn't sound like crap. And, you know, <laughs> I definitely wasn't good at first, but I just had the mentality to work at it every single day. I ended up just continuing to be a singer for that band for nine years until oh, wow. that ended, and I joined from Ashes to Noon. And just to, uh, to wrap it up, uh, what would you pick from Linkin Park as your jam? Oh, wow. Uh, I always had a really special place in my heart for the song Faint. That was one of the first songs I learned on drums. Love that track, dude. That's so, like, Linkin Park, like, almost a definition of them, too, man. Great pick. Right. I love that freaking song. Well, Danny, I appreciate all the time, man. It's been, been so much fun rapping with you today. Yeah, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one, man. Best of luck out there. All right, see you. Later. Bye.